This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show podcast. Love podcast, hate nonsense. The Politics Show podcast, ladies and gentlemen. That was so subtle, Eva doesn't even know we've started. Hit the camera as well. Have you? (laughs) (laughs) Eva completely missed that. For listeners, Eva was on her phone, not listening. As Eva, what's the rationale of you've gone so far the other way? Just changing it up a little bit, you know? Keeping it interesting, getting people guessing. It's a slightly more palatable listen. Probably. Um... I think it's easier for the production staff. They don't have to ride the levels quite so. They <laughs> don't have to start with me screaming. I don't know. You do get a lot of comments on the YouTube channel. People, be, <laughs> once you get, you know, there's our, uh, there's our guys, right? There's the people, you know, the people that we know and love and respect at the top of the comments. And then once you get past those guys, <laughs> there's actually a lot of people being like, "I stopped watching after he started screaming," mm. which is the beginning, so it's not good. Yeah, it is, it is good not to alienate people from the off. I said, or actually, do they hate podcasts and love nonsense? Well, I know that's always been our refrain, but I don't know. Just make, just make doing it differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll drop the intro altogether. Yeah, maybe. I, I wouldn't, personally, from a branding perspective. Yeah, it would look like we've uh, changed tack. <laughs> <laughs> we've conceded. You don't even say it when you host it, though. Yeah, actually. No, I don't. You... you Fucking chicken out. I, no, I don't chicken out. I've told you. What is it's it? It's because I don't. <laughs> that's that's worse. Why? At least she's honest about it. Ed Campbell, how uh, are you? Great, thank you. How are you? Very well. Pleased to have you with us. Delighted to be here. It's been a while since you've done a Prime Minister's Question yeah, reaction felt, video. Felt feels refreshing having watched it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I usually do. Which is saying something because I thought it was fucking terrible today. Yeah. It was a bit messy, wasn't it? I wasn't into it. It was a stalemate, I think. There was better political theatre on offer. Yeah. 
which we'll come to in a moment. First of all, Ava Santina, how are you? Great. Looking forward to discussing the five Scottish families. (laughs) (laughs) Nicola Sturgeon was crying during Prime Minister's questions. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe we should do an hour-long reaction video to that. Potentially could. I don't think we've done that to any other politician in front of the COVID inquiry. Mm. No, but, no, but just, no, no, just not, to the crying. Yeah, not her evidence. What, 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 so not the evidence. <laughs> so not the crux of the issue. <laughs> <laughs> no, just her crying. Uh, what do you think? I don't know, man. I saw something this morning that was like she went and bought a burner phone <laughs> like That's the day se- before seeming, lockdown. So this, this is so this is now a point of contention. Someone has tried to de- debunk that. The person in question is an S and P spokesperson. But they're saying they were buying burner phones for staff to use at home during working from home things. I don't really understand why they need a separate phone to like their personal mobile. I don't really know what different. Well, maybe it's government communications. Maybe work it's that. phone. You a lot of people have a work phone now. Yeah, but why would they not have one already? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. But, they, yeah. but then equally, why was? Like, the implication was that Nicholas Churchin was popping out to Tesco <laughs> during the working hours to go and personally buy X amount of mobiles. It's murky, I think, is the answer to that. I'm quite fascinated by it because it sort of reminds me of Theresa May and Allegra Stratton, um, who, oh, yeah. neither of whom, Theresa May, very, um, well, not particularly emotional throughout her administration. And then the moment that it became about herself did cry. And Nicola Sturgeon, who is known for being, well, straight to the point today when it was about herself, Mm -hmm. cried because the the point that she was crying was that she was saying she didn't, she wished she hadn't been first minister during the pandemic. Cynically, allow me to be cynical. Mm. That's not allowed. (laughs) Cynical of a politician's motives. Yeah. We're to- what we're talking about now is she was crying. We're not talking about the evidence that she was given. She admitted to two. Well, she, she... Oh, you think it's a cover-up? I don't... I don't I, I'm not... I'm not I, <laughs> I don't like a, a kid a cover-up. in like, the headmaster's office. <laughs> where the headmaster's like, did you punch Billy? And the kid can't answer because yeah. he has to say yes. So just starts crying, I, thinking but, that you'll t- take pity on that, That's what we're talking about. And that's where the optics of this would be. be mm. the, the, the headlines will now be, Nicholas Sturgeon cries at COVID inquiry. God, you must be so insufferable when you're arguing with your partner because she's probably like, she starts crying. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no. no. Deal with the issues at hand. <laughs> You are being hysterical. Is what I <laughs> you will not do me over. <laughs> Use logic. <laughs> Use your words. Mm. Do you make God. Do you make them write lines? Write lines. Yeah. What like a in a detention? I will not betray Ed's trust again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I I role play the prefect. That's in my relationship. Ed's very interested in this burner phone situation because his partner once went and bought a burner phone <laughs> claiming it was for work. <laughs> she doesn't have a colleague called Jim. <laughs> She's always on the phone to Papa John. <laughs> what, what, do, what do we think about the crying? I, don't, I, I think I'm pro more politicians crying. Are you pro Matt Hancock crying? That wasn't crying. Looked like he was crying. Looked like Nicholas Sturgeon was crying. Are we talking about... Yeah. No. Not the same? That's not the same. I don't know. Mm. He wasn't crying then. You don't think, you don't think he was crying, do you? I, I don't think he was crying. <laughs> but I think in the same logic, not applied to Sturgeon. 
What do you mean? You think that Sturgeon is a well, better fake crime? I, 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 I found her more views. convincing. I also found her more convincing. I found it more. But convincing. she's also a better politician than Matt Hancock is. The bar is low. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm pro more emotion in politics. I'm 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 pro um, oppositional politics. I'm pro it meaning something and it not being ones and zeros and boxes on a spreadsheet and you know. But isn't that the point of what we're saying that? When Theresa May was deporting the Windrush generation, she did not cry publicly. And when she had to leave her job, she cried. Yeah. It's the greatest honour of my life, I think was the exact way she said it. Was she in the room there? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, Theresa has just popped in for that. She's left now. Yeah, I'm pro, I'm pro more emotion in politics. I don't necessarily, I'm not, you know, do I think that the First Minister of Scotland should delete all their WhatsApps? No, I don't. Do I think the First Minister of Scotland should be buying burner phones? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but on the basis of... Do I think, what, they're allowed to cry about? Yeah, um, do I have a problem with people crying? No, I don't have a problem with I don't have crying. a problem with people crying. I'm just cynical. I think we're quite emotionally repressed. You're right. Or Certainly. As a society. But also as a society, yeah. You know what would have been more fun during this whole COVID inquiry thing is that when they got the WhatsApps back each time they were talking about really important government policy, they were also talking about, like, I don't know, an affair. So they'd be like, <laughs> they'd be like, right, we need to do 20,000 tests by the 3rd of October. Love you, pumpkin. <laughs> uh, so it'd be a lot more effort to kind of censor. We need more yeah. Johnnies. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Bulk I know you're out buying burner phones. Can you get some more lube? <laughs> Procurement in PPE was actually... Put by the wayside to get some magnum condoms. We need, we need, we need PPE personally. Yeah. God, don't you worry, bit. <laughs> <laughs> there are wider ramifications though for this chicanery by Nicola Sturgeon, no? Yeah, because there's other legal matters going on. What did you call it? Chicanery. It's a good word. Yeah, it was. What did you think I said? I thought you said that. I just wanted to check. Anyway, Amar Anwar was was yeah, one, wasn't he? He was Amar Anwar. It's a, if you not if you don't keep up with Scottish Scottish news that closely, Amar Anwar is everywhere. Like somehow he's always. I don't believe. Oh, he it, well he does it, so it must be true. But as in he he's always <laughs> that's in, a body double. <laughs> but he's like he's he's everyone's lawyer in Scotland. It's it's Lord, you know what I mean. Yeah, he's everywhere. He's he, absolutely everywhere. He's even been in Joe videos because he came to Newcastle to do the uh, a cost of living crisis rally. What was he doing there? <laughs> <laughs> That's with his legal remit, surely. Yeah. Is he Actually, your lawyer? Might have been in Glasgow. Is he my lawyer? Yeah. Um, I don't need a lawyer currently, but oh, buddy, shit. You should <laughs> give, <laughs> give Amber a call. Yeah, but um, so no, he's so not everyone's then because you're you're Scottish, aren't you? you yeah. Well, no, but as in high profile legal cases, it's always Amber Amor was there. And he's actually he's a campaign he's a campaigning lawyer and has done like very good work with um, the racist murder of a Pakistani man in the nineties. He was one of the key figures in getting justice for that person. Do you think uh, it's like the Politico drinks where people just like email in to say I was? Can you just say I was there? <laughs> well, no, because they want to get video into the London playbook. I'm not looking at like the Scottish playbook, but like taking their word that Amaran was at all these functions. <laughs> Maybe it's not him. I think it is him. To be fair. That, that that Melania, a... The Melania Trump body double stuff is similar. Yeah. Mm. If anyone can get to the bottom of why Amaramwar is so prominent. But also, what you Scottish, say... Jolly and Mom? 
I think that's doing a disservice to Amaran Moore. Yeah, because he wins quite a lot of cases. (laughs) (laughs) He's not tried to murder a fox and is tried. He's not tried. He succeeded. He succeeded, bro. Did he kill that fox? Oh, that fox got fucked up. <laughs> okay. My estimation's gone back up. <laughs> um, no, but the point he was making about... Estimations have gone back up? <laughs> yeah. You've got follow through. You've got to have a, if you've got a spade and a fox, you've got a serious... Cricket bat. Bro, you don't even know the cannon. Don't come here. You don't even know the fucking cannon. What was he wearing? A kimono. I said that. Okay, fine. Yeah, I know the cannon. It was cricket bat, though. It was cricket bat, wasn't it? I Baseball, yeah. Baseball bat. You don't know the cannon. I don't either. know the fucking cannon. <laughs> but anyway. Because that, that, that was the big question of why he had a baseball bat. Maybe he's part of the rounders team in Bendry Park. Well, it's like well that then thing... he'd have a rounders bat, wouldn't he, Ed? True. It's that thing about like rush in, uh, like baseball bat sales in Russia, which is like more than one per person. But baseball sales are like... <laughs> <laughs> they've sold like ten. <laughs> which is a good one stat. One big game. Well, that's yeah. because they play with foxes out there. So they bowl yeah, with yeah, <laughs> And that's why uh, Jolyon was confused because he, well, back home in Russia, <laughs> in outer Siberia, playing with like a fox. It's the same joke. Oh shit! <laughs> what is the national sport of Russia? Ice hockey. I guess ice hockey. Is it is it xenophobic to just assume it's got to be a winter sport? I don't think it is xenophobic. Maybe it's um, it's, ca- it's Canada's you, that's, national sport. That's, that's say what you've gone woke. That's nonsense. No. I've been woke awake nonsense. for some time. How, you've gone woke Click, clearly. Pro Russian shield. You get it? Yeah. 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 yeah that's that's, 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 that's joke, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should hand back to Ed and get him to do the fox joke again. <laughs> what if it was a fox he was playing baseball with? <laughs> <laughs> I think it could be wrestling. I believe Re- it was wrestling. wrestling. I, believe it. I believe it was wrestling. I, I would know. believe it, but I don't think it is. I think it's ice hockey. Why do you think it's ice hockey? That's, that's American, isn't it? No, because they play it. No, they play it everywhere. And like, not everywhere. Is it in? They play it in Eastern Europe. There were. The, there were the, there's. I feel like there was quite a lot of like. No, of course it is. Do you not remember the um, the, the Miracle on Ice from the eighties? I was about to say. Yeah. When if you don't know about the Miracle on Ice, it's when a team of college students from America beat the Soviet Union. In ice hockey at the Olympics. You are a fucking shill for the CIA, my guy. That is what? like, that's just classic Cold War propaganda. Yeah. Okay, it was sick. <laughs> the plucky you know Americans <laughs> took on the might of the USSR. Well, they did. Well, they, well, yeah, they did. <laughs> fucking get over it. They were the best, the Soviet Union were the best ice hockey team in the world. Are you telling me like five amateur ice hockey players took them on and won? That's sick. Um, okay. So the nationals, so the, big, the most popular sport is football. <laughs> Really? But is that is that's the national is it, is it the national sport? That's no, different. the national sport is some uh, hockey shit. <laughs> Perhaps played on ice. It's bandy, informally called Russian hockey. It's not bandy. <laughs> no, there's like a there's like a now obsolete British sport they used to play on frozen rivers. It's surely not. I think I've never heard of that. Is that the is that the national sport? Well, I mean, I got it from a bit of a dodgy website, so. What dodgy sport website? Well, I was looking on Pornhub, wasn't I, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> they were just opening the browser and you're like, I might as well check this. Um, stepmom gets. <laughs> stepmom expl- stepmom stocking washing machine explains Russia's national sport. <laughs> With a fox. Railed by all of, yeah. <laughs> Runs a train on. <laughs> Hockey. Bandy, it is. Okay, we'll have to do a deep dive on Bandy another time. You should know what Bandy is. They wrote about it in the fence. <coughs> did we? No, no not us. Oh, sorry. someone else did. 
Never mind. You, do, do you only it. read the fence together. <laughs> In our kimono. <laughs> I mean, just murder the fox. Do you, do you hold Ollie when you read the fence with him? Or no. Does Ollie hold you? No, it's like neither. It's like um, Morecambe and Wise sleeping in a bed together. How do they sleep in a bed? Like, just completely platonically in, like, bus and pyjamas. <laughs> I thought you were like, just completely naked. They're completely naked. <laughs> whatever, whatever he's describing, that's not what happens. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my recollection of events. <laughs> you know how... Um, you know how you have spooning? Mm. Are you familiar with jetpacking? No. When the smaller partner is on the back. <laughs> so demeaning. <laughs> so you'd be on Ed's back. Yeah. Should we have a clip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Roll the clip. Mr. Speaker, one of the most difficult experiences for any member of this house is speaking to those at the sharp end of this government's cost of living crisis. So nobody could fail to be moved by the plight of the member for Mid-Norfolk. His mortgage has gone up £1,200 a month. He's been forced to quit his dream job to pay for it. A Tory MP counting the cost of Tory chaos. After 14 years, have we finally discovered what they meant when they said, we're all in this together. <laughs> Ava Santina, what happened at Prime Minister's Questions today? That's a really broad question. Could you narrow it down a little? <laughs> Ava, what happened in that clip we just listened to? <laughs> Thank you. So, Starmer wanted to talk about mortgages, and particularly the high mortgage repayments that people in Britain have had to pay, homeowners have had to pay since Liz Truss's calamitous uh, uh, well, whatever the fuck that was. Mm. Um, so he was talking about George Freeman, who was a former minister, and he quit in the last reshuffle, we found out this week, because he couldn't afford his mortgage repayments anymore. They'd gone up from £800 per month to £2,000 per month, and on his £118,000 ministerial salary, he couldn't afford the repayments anymore. So Starmer was posing the question today. Not, he was using that as a launch pad, and he was asking Sunak, what have you done to fix the economy? Should you be Ed? Should you be able to um, pay for a mortgage on a salary of one hundred eighteen thousand pounds? You'd like to think so. Is there argument that this is a skill issue? <laughs> Budgeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody help me. It's like could... Telegraph Money Diaries. <laughs> so someone. So it was worked out. So so after tax, he's getting six thousand pound take home a month, right? Um, but <clears throat> I did get a DM to say that he is going through a divorce. So oh, unless you, funny. no, Does because it? sell is funny. sell the house. You can sell the house. I don't understand why there is one rule for homeowners and another rule for renters. If 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 I broke up with someone and I couldn't afford my rent anymore because I used to pay it shared, I would have to move somewhere smaller. But with a homeowner, it's oh, why do they have to move out of the family home? Shut up. It's the same. Right. Okay. There's a lot to unpack here, guys. Um, Sorry. Am I going on? No. 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 <laughs> I, I'm. <laughs> But both of your your emotional callousness when it comes to separation from a family, I have found quite peculiar, and we will we will interrogate that momentarily. However, just on the house thing, I suppose you're right, and it's the a classic example of how uh, our capitalist system you you sort of um you you. Our capitalism socialised the risk and privatised the re privatises the rewards, right? So, rather than it being like, well, my guy, 
you know, you signed up to this agreement with the bank and unfortunately, yes, the interest rate has now increased and I suppose you've got a couple of choices. You can either agree to pay the higher rate or if you can't afford it, then you will have to sell the house because that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's capitalism, baby. Your capital is at risk, you know. And instead, you saw this during, um, I think it was during the pandemic, where there was sort of like, talk where they were demanding like, um, government support for the impending mortgage bomb. You know, mm. it's like, what will the government do to support homeowners? And it's this idea that if, if well, in fact, their, ha their, their house prices have rocketed and they're not saying, well, you know, the state should definitely benefit from that. When there's reward, they want it all. It's got to be privatized. It's individual, right? When there's risk, it's where is the state? Why won't it help me? Um, and it sort of demonstrates the, the innate lie, the confidence trick, if you will, that lies at the heart of our late-stage capitalist society. Mm. Because that also applies to why the Conservatives are so okay with rent increase, rent, rent hikes, because the risk is the, the landlord rather than the renter. Mm. Anything you'd like to say on that, Ed? I suppose, to go back to Ava's point about why, do, why aren't homeowners... <clears throat> made to, or why isn't, the, why isn't the sentiment the same about why, why, is the, why do people feel sorry for, for homeowners? You can feel sorry for both, I think. I think as in, I was very glib about divorce earlier. <laughs> He's backtracking because he knows <laughs> what I'm about to ask him next. That's what why. are you going to ask him? Well, he said that divorce was funny. I didn't, well, it can be. Not all divorces. Being a See, are you getting this? You got this, right? <laughs> you saw sorry. what he said earlier because he did say We all talk about divorced dad as like a funny meme guy. That's a funny What's meme. What's your funniest divorce? Funniest divorce. <laughs> um, there must be a good one. I can't remember. I can't think of any. Perhaps there isn't. Mm. That's, that's a lie. There must what be one. Kim Kardashian's divorce after like days. That's hey, funny. Hey, that's not funny. Yes, she, it is. She was. It's funny. I you guys are. This is this is the podcast of learning things for you two, isn't it? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, we no, so I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get back to my homeowner. No, point. you can't. Pe Keep people going. should be able to stay in their homes. Well, and it should be made Kim, unaffordable. Kim's, Kim's divorce. I, I think it was totally reasonable that she got divorced after, not, after that short amount of time. It could also be, still be funny. Why is it funny? Because that's a, that's a comical thing to do. We I love to, entering love to the laugh at women, entering the institution of marriage and then exiting it after days is a funny thing. No, because she knew already that she shouldn't have got married to him, but then the pressure was too much and she had too many deals riding on it. She just had to get on with it. Funny. You know? And I thought, I, I'm pleased that she pushed through because that television special of her wedding was one of the best pieces, moments of television I've ever witnessed. <laughs> <laughs> I that's cried. Funny. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but yeah. You, every, every, you all saw, right? You all, the cameras were recording when they both said that divorce was funny. I stand by it being funny. I didn't You're row, funny. You were rowing back. I was being... I, wasn't more more flip-flops and fucking Keir Starmer <laughs> over Oh, here. very good. <laughs> um, Mr. Hans, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying every instance of divorce is funny. Some divorces are funny. Yeah, but you can't name one. I just did, Kim Kardashian's. No, but I told you that wasn't, I told you Clearly. why. Oh, sorry, you Clearly. said the fact that it wasn't funny and you corrected me. Sorry, yeah. no, you're right. Yeah. Which, um, was it Bezos or Bill Gates? One of them got divorced. Both. Both. Mm. Both. Funny. Why? Bill Gates is funny because in his marriage contract, he had some, he had some provision that he got, he got to spend a month with his ex-girlfriend. What? That was part of his marriage. Excuse me? It was like there was a contract between Bill and Gates. His prenup. Gates. His prenup. Yeah, being like, uh, yeah, and I get to take the beach house for a month with Betty. 
Like, You're joking. I'm not. I'm not. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. In the divorce settlement. Excuse me. No, no, no. In the in the prenup. In the marriage. In the prenup. In the before agreement, they got married, he got his wife to agree to. He got to spend a month with his ex. I mean, like, he is fucking minted. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And that, but but I bet she. You're fucking stupid now, don't you? Why? Because <laughs> you didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was dumb. Yeah. That was that was extraordinarily dumb of me. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie, you schmuck! I just won two weeks in a Premier Inn. <laughs> <laughs> with Ed. Not with me. Jetpacking me. <laughs> oh. Um. So. Melinda Gates signs up to that. <laughs> yeah. Presumably because she still has like the credit card over that yeah, month. Yeah, this, the, the, is, is, all is she there? Is she watching? No, no, no. All marriages are different. And all relationships <laughs> oh, enjoy. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> all, mar- all relationships have some give and take. And sometimes one of what you take <laughs> is an, a, a loud affair, I suppose. It was like a semi open relationship, I guess. Or maybe it was a throuple. We'll never know, I guess. A semi-open relationship? Yeah. What's a semi-open? Like One thinks it's open, the other one does yeah. not. Or like sp- specific people open, I guess. You know I mean. how like the moon goes through phases and sometimes it's described as waning? Mm. It's kind of like that. Right. It's just like you can see like a crevice. Okay. So but it's, it's not full moon. No. So, so, so when, when can I fuck someone else? If your partner has written, <laughs> has put their good name on allowing you to it's do so. when the moon is waning. It's like your partner waking up and looking out the window at a full moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill will be in the pool house again. <laughs> Looks back at an empty bed and like a, a little breeze wafting through the curtain. Do we know what the ex-girlfriend's name was? I don't off the top of my head. So, again, sorry, was that a funny divorce? That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because we found that out. You found that out in the divorce proceedings. Okay. Jeff Bezos got divorced and got jacked. That's funny. Okay. Well, what's funny? I don't, what's the punchline? <laughs> it's just a funny. It's just a funny guy. Okay. Yeah. It's his ex girlfriend Anne Winblad. What's it? What's Anne's deal? Let's have a butchers. What are you looking at? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Sorry, you're like the richest man on the planet. <laughs> do you, do you think? That's why the wife was like, yeah, Bill, go ahead. <laughs> Hope you have fun at the pool house, Bill. Do you think when they got married in like the 60s or 70s, Bill was just like, what about this hadn't like thought of a woman you could do it with? And then you're like, yeah, sure. Who do you think? Shit. First woman. woman, woman. Ah, ah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess Anne. <laughs> you could have said like Farrah Fawcett or something. But you said Anne. She probably would have gone as well. Did the prenup contain anything about his billions of dollars? Or was it just the pool I don't, house? When, I don't know when they got married. He might not have been a billionaire at that point. He must have been because you're not going to get that in the prenup if you're just, you know, a, she, well, a computer scientist. <laughs> she must be fucking minted now. Who? Anne? Both? Melinda. Melinda. Right. Anne's Melinda, probably not. Melinda must have Anne's... some cash money. Melinda? Yeah, well, as a result of the divorce. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd think so. so. Unless, because they give quite a lot to... We're getting we're ginormously <laughs> off track. We need to talk about Iceland. <laughs> Wait, let me, just, let me just look up her net worth. Do you not want to know? Okay. Go on, give it a guess. Melinda Gates? Yeah. 
10 billion. I'm going to say for 5 billion. He's got it bang on. 10 billion? Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> and for the small insult of having a two week affair every year. <laughs> well, you see, in Melinda Gates' prenup, there was, she, she had two weeks with Ollie. That's how he knew. <laughs> oh my God. You'd have been so young for some of that. <laughs> it was illegal. <laughs> um, what price? What price in your marriage? Ten billion. Would you? Would you cheat? Would you cheat on? What for ten billion pounds? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh. That's that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know this will never happen. So, there, so there's no upside to me saying yes. Yeah, and also, what what you wouldn't ever be presented with the. What did you say? I told you before you'd be. Questions like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> was about to say something yeah, she was. Questions like that. <laughs> that laugh came out of me like nothing is like that was bad. Questions like, <laughs> you know, would you cheat for ten billion pounds? It's one of those questions where like if I was to pose that question or someone was to ask me that question in like a public setting, I have one of my boys, he'll always he'll always be like, It's a trap <laughs> <laughs> It's a trap One of one of the best ones, two of my friends who are a couple were watching Love Island and it got to Casa Moore. And the girlfriend turned to the boyfriend and said, if we were on Love Island, would you cheat on me? And so that's an open goal for you to say, of course not. My friend went, well, no one goes to Castlemore thinking you <gasps> will cheat. <laughs> no. Are they still together? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He's just not allowed to go on Love Island. We were watching Love Island All-Stars? No. No. Done with mm. it. Should we talk about right, PMQs, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going to be so angry. Yeah. No, we did some discourse. About one second of mortgages. <laughs> then we talked about divorce. <laughs> okay. And we didn't even give good analysis do, of the mortgage stuff. Do we think divorce is funny? Huh? Is divorce funny? I didn't say divorce was funny. I said it was ridiculous. <laughs> no, did I say divorce you was funny? You said it funny? was funny. You said it was funny. Have you both wrote back on it? No. I can't remember. I'm caveat. I, I will not it. roll the next clip. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want me to. What well, if I roll it? Well, you can try. It won't play. <laughs> sure, this is us standing between Sean as a baby. <laughs> Which parent do you like more? Okay. In the divorce, you can have 10 billion or custody of Sean. Can I have custody of Sean? See, I've done it again. <laughs> you can't get me. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Teflon. Okay. PMQs? Mm. <laughs> Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. Not another one? It's the Politics Show podcast. They have forfeited the right to be lecturing others about the economy. Somebody coming off a fixed-rate mortgage is going to be paying an average of £240 more each and every month. A constant reminder that working people are paying the price for the damage that they've done to the economy. This week, I met one of the employees at Iceland in Warrington, Phil. I'm sure Phil would be... Order. Mr Gibson. Sorry. sorry. Mr Starmer. Order. Order. The same voice keeps appearing again. It won't appear anymore. So I'm just letting you know now. Kiss down. Laughing at an employee at Iceland who's struggling with his mortgage. Shame. He told me that his mortgage is going up by a staggering £1,000 a month, Prime Minister. He doesn't want other averages, other people, other stories. That's what's happening to him. If the member for Mid-Norfolk on £120,000 can't afford this Tory government, how on earth can people like Phil? Ava, the Mr Iceland, Richard Walker, who uh, Starmer was hanging about with. Oh, by the way, did any of you see the video of Starmer in Iceland? I don't think I did. He looked so very out of place. But that's because there are so many good deals in there. Sometimes it can be quite <laughs> distracting. <laughs> he did, he did, so cheap. He did yeah. actually, he did look, you know when you're in the supermarket, I don't know, fucking, you want to buy Ben and Jerry's or something, and they've got every single flavour, but only some of them are in like a buy two mm-hmm. for the price of three type deal, and you're sort of sat there like, I'm, you, you sort of get like target panic. You don't know what you're doing. And to be fair, he did look like that, but he just, he looks so out of place because he's kind of, he's there in his suit, with his glasses on, and he's kind of like just sort of staring into like a freezer, like. Yeah, but he probably had what I had when I moved next to an Iceland frozen superstore, and discovered a whole range of vegetarian products I didn't know existed. Such as. Um, because this sounds really embarrassing that I would buy this. I just was quite excited by like those corn dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being like, "Wow." <laughs> Dinner, <laughs> <laughs> because it reminded me of Turkey Twizzlers. Mm. You know, so yeah. I got excited. Do you know what I do quite like is the picnic eggs, corn picnic eggs. I yeah, they're great, aren't they? They're quite. They're, they're not as good as a Scotch egg. I won't say that, but they are good. I really like um, a pack of ham, a pack of corn ham. I haven't had that. And well, you will not like it. Right. It's a very. I'll try it. It's a very specific texture that I don't think a meat eater can even would begin to comprehend. But I can't wrap my tiny <laughs> carnivorous <laughs> mind. Our, our brains are too riddled with iron. My, my sister. <laughs> the iron deposits in our brain way down. Yeah, you're right. I'm far too high T to understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the liver king. My sister nearly crashed the car when I gave her a piece of it. She was so. Dis- what is that acid? <laughs> no, she wanted the killer. has been expanded. She was so shocked by the texture. <laughs> what did you say? She wanted the killer <laughs> Yeah. Because it tastes so bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Should we do? We- Should we do more PMQ stuff? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> was you, you did, there was immediate deviation there. Ooh, would you buy in Iceland? <laughs> <laughs> so the reason this is happening <laughs> <laughs> is because that guy, Richard Walker, he was a Tory donor and he wanted to become an MP. Like he was trying yeah. to become a Tory candidate. Last at, year, wasn't it? And they shunned him. <laughs> they turned him down. Mm. And so he's just gone, you know what, fuck you. I'm a Labour guy now. Yeah. And he, said, he said the Tories are too right-wing for him, but the Labour are just right-wing enough for him. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, my bo- my beliefs haven't changed. They've just moved towards me. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> the great pole. The, the guy, the, the North Star, to which Keir Starmer's Labour Party is navigating, is the former CEO of Iceland. <laughs> and his centre-right... <laughs> Market democracy. In many ways, this country should be more like my supermarket. <laughs> Good deals for everybody. It's Richard Walker's world and we're just living in it. We prosecute shoplifters. <laughs> the living wage for everyone. Uh, Refrozen yeah. gyozas for everybody. Yeah. You got, you got, they've got a great gyoza selection. I'd back, I'd back that. Um, okay, so a lot of, so Phil, Phil kind of felt like a bit of a safe word during that exchange. Safe word? Yeah. <laughs> they kept saying his name. Phil. They kept saying Phil. Mm, um, and What's your safe word? I heard, a, I heard a really funny, no, someone, I heard a story about people. Stop this, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing, okay, I'll, do look, it, I'll do it really quickly. Three minutes of PMQs I'll, I'll and then it. you can talk about your safe No, no, I'll do it really quickly, I'll do it really quickly. There was this really religious couple who weren't sleeping really together. I'll do it really quickly, okay. weren't sleeping together, but they were, they were kissing and stuff. And <laughs> How old were they? Oh, they got university. Like, they, the kissing was fine. Below the belt, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Strictly kissing. But if they got too horny, one of them would say grandma. <laughs> and I'd just kill the mood. Are they Christian? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to... <laughs> back to Phil. Um, what did we think? <clears throat> did we think Sunak was sneering at Phil? So this is this is this is what is it's quite disingenuous, and this is the the um, the narrative that is now um, exploding on Twitter. So Keir Starmer was trying to talk about Phil. He did not mention that the CEO of Iceland had now joined the Labour Party. The Conservatives start laughing because Keir Starmer says, "I was with Phil, who works in Iceland," and obviously the Conservatives start laughing because they're like, "Yeah, of course you were with." Phil, you were probably with Richard too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Starmer tries to flip it around and say, are you laughing at Phil? That's disgusting. And that's quite a good impression. Thank you. I've been working on it. Um, and, you know, was that, that's how he was trying to mock him back. I just thought it was very disingenuous. And now I've seen a couple of Labour prospect candidates all tweeting, Disgusting to see Rishi Sunak laughing at the poor. Now, don't get me wrong. Sunak often laughs at the poor, but he wasn't Isn't right there. then. He Let's does give... it in the privacy of his own home. <laughs> yeah. Let's be fair to the man. On his burner phone. Yes. I thought there was... So, Ed, what is your safe word? What's my safe word? Mm. I don't have one. I never have sex. Fearless. <laughs> Absolutely fearless. <laughs> um, I thought... Oh, quite... it's always <clears throat> safe. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about either of your sex lives, to be honest. Do it. Shoot. See what happened to the last guy who did that. <laughs> oh! 
That was sick. That was good. Please, Ed Campbell. No, I'm, well, <laughs> no. The floor is yours, my guy. You're saying this like me and, me and Ava are at odds over that. <laughs> I'm also glad he's ruined. Yeah, more sen sensible, centrist takes from all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fridge. It's the Politics Show podcast. Well, Mr. Mr. Speaker, again, I. I was puzzled because again he resorts as always to the politics of envy here. But after recently, after recently and repeatedly, recently and repeatedly attacking not just me but the government for lifting the bonus cap, I was genuinely surprised to see that the shadow chancellor just today has announced that she now supports the government's policy on the bankers' bonus cap. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if he mentioned that to Phil when he was having a chat with him, but I'm sure he can. He can fill us up. But I can tell him that trust, trust and economic credibility come from sticking to a plan. But it's becoming clear you cannot trust a word that he says. And again, when the Shadow Chancellor says or claims that they won't borrow much, they won't raise Phil's taxes, we now know, we now know that those promises simply again, they just aren't worth the Wikipedia page they were copied from. Ava, is Keir Starmer indulging in the politics of envy? <laughs> You keep asking me really rogue questions today. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me to explain the Rachel Reef stuff. Um, is, is he indulging in the politics of envy? Well, that's what Sunak accused him of, right? Yeah, which is actually... What's incredible is that Starmer is pulling more and more, veering more and more to the right, and then Sunak is either just, like, not listening or just has his eyes shut all the time, and then he <laughs> keeps accusing him of being socialist. And it's like, what are you... It's like, what are you talking about? Um, you know, so, so what he was talking about here was Rachel Reeves, who this morning reneged on a... a a previous policy, which was to recap bankers' bonuses, because obviously bankers' bonuses were pretty important during the financial crash, you might recall. Um, Do you think... Encourage bad behaviour. Right, so... Risks, rather. Rishi Sunak... Uh, so to, to, to summarise this session of PMQs... Wait, can we just talk about Rachel Reeves briefly? Please. Can I just... So what Sunak was talking about, though, is the hypocrisy of... Previously, Rachel Reeves has given multiple speeches, but in two of those speeches, I'm looking at them now, one was in October after the autumn statement and one was in Labour, during Labour conference. And in both of those, she condemned the Chancellor for lifting the cap on bankers' bonuses while not offering any help to the rest of the country. And she wanted to tax the rich and feed the poor with the money she was going to get from a wealth tax, right? Now, since she's been meeting with donors in the city and regularly meeting with... Um, we were having quite good relations with the Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey. All of this has now ceased, and I think that we're kind of we're, we're focusing on the spectacle of you know Rishi Sunak and all. It's, it's really funny or whatever these jibes. It's actually really serious that the Labour Chancellor is now giving in to the city and pandering to them rather than doing anything that a Labour voter would actually want out of principle. Hmm. Sorry. So, no, no, no. And so in that world where You've just outlined, right, what the Chancellor is actually up to, Shadow Chancellor is actually up to. And Rishi Sunak goes, well, actually, the Labour Party is full of socialists, mm. even though anyone paying any attention <laughs> looks and goes, no, they're, no, they're not. They're getting rid of them. Yeah. S similarly, 
when he says, you know, actually people aren't struggling to pay their mortgages at the moment. People like Phil aren't struggling to pay their mortgages um, because, you know, we're doing a fantastic job of managing the economy. And at some point, people are going to go, no, up is not down. Two plus two is not five. Mm. Like, I think, but we're past that point. They're doing that already. If there was any, if there was, if this was going to work in any way, excuse me, if there's, if these lines were working in any way, there wouldn't be 25 points behind the polls. People know that their economy is dreadful. People know that they're paying more for the cost of living, houses, etc. They, they no, I don't think anyone is buying what Rishi Sunak is saying, and it's, it's, I think it's utterly futile for him to even say. Could, would, could he say? Why do you think he's doing it then? Because, <clears throat> because it, it's, it's much harder for him to say. Yeah, God, things are things are shit, but we're trying. Like God, we're trying. I mean, you make yourself incredibly vulnerable, and it's also kind of the antithesis of politics, isn't it? Of like, it's, it's like we are the best side for this reason, and it also you can't really throw the last. <laughs> if you're trying to run on the last thirteen years of government, you can't be like, oh well, that, that was shit, wasn't it? I think that's that's why, isn't it? It doesn't really make any sense for him to acknowledge the actual reality of how bad things are because it was under his supervision as Chancellor of the Exchequer his supervision as Prime Minister and the supervision of all his predecessors. That's why. Because the Conservatives can't own up to how shit the country is because ultimately it's their fault. Hot. <laughs> Stunned silence in the studio. <laughs> is it one of those moments where, Ollie, we go, you go, are you stunned by my excellent point? <laughs> I'm stunned at how stupid that point was. <laughs> yes. Sorry, no, just you hear like a, a slow, like, clap starts to build in the gallery and then all of a sudden you realise everyone's actually giving you a standing ovation. Yeah. yeah. Sean's fainted. <laughs> the camera's still stuck on you. He hasn't, he hasn't changed the camera for like two minutes. <laughs> what, what do you think? I guess you... All the incentive is there for, is, is there for him to actually take the risk of doing that. And actually imposing a bit of honesty because nothing could be worse, right? It's, yeah. it's not. It's not possible, really. For uh, I suppose it is possible because reform could possibly poll higher than them, uh, and that would be bad, badder than it already is. Um, much badder. Way badder. <laughs> way way badder. Baddest case scenario. But I think I think <laughs> it also might just be simplistic. Okay. I understand the argument that Labour don't want to say anything to upset. Um, the polio that they currently have, right? But you are the company that you keep. So if you are spending a lot of time entertaining people in the city of London, rather than going up to, I don't know, Darlington or going over to Bolton and actually having a look around at how people, you know, why are we not productive anymore as an economy? What can we do to inject cash? If you're spending time in the city, you're going to be blind to all of those problems, right? And so your, your then perception or conception of what's, what voters want are what voters in the city want mm -hmm. rather than what voters anywhere else in the country want. If you're constantly surrounding yourself with CEOs and bankers, obviously you're going to think people won't vote for us unless we uh, keep the we lift the cap on bankers' bonuses. That's you what, know? Yeah. That's what also I don't really get about the rollback on the green spending commitment. In terms of when they announced that, it didn't move the polls a dial, did it? It didn't like they're still consistently up and they've had that they've had that massive lead over the Tories since that was announced, I don't think anyone's really that fussed by it. It's an attack line by the Tories, yeah. But the, the Tories have been trying to attack Labour for however long they've had this poll, and it's not working. Mm. So, so you're, actually giving, you're actually giving the Tories too much credit. Yeah, and what you could even say at the moment, what they could have gone on. So 
the Chancellor says that he's got about thirty-eight billion pounds of headroom. It's probably more realistically like sixteen billion. But say say he has thirty-eight billion, Labour could say the Tories will say it just in the own fiscal headroom, we will use that money for our twenty-eight billion pound plan. But instead, he's going to relieve inheritance tax, and none of you will benefit from it. <laughs> but everyone will benefit from green. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for an industrial strategy, right, that is as, uh, is as ambitious as the EU package and the US stimulus package in terms of a proportion of GDP, it's pretty lofty. Um, but instead, the Conservative plan is tax cuts and to price in budget cuts for the parliament in which they will not be in government. So, mm-hmm. salting the earth. And also the IMF are like, no, no, no. <laughs> don't do that don't do that I'll do it you know what the real salt on the earth is I actually I, I actually gasped this morning when I read it mm. sorry to be overdramatic but is that um, where were you reading it <laughs> what do you mean like on your phone newspaper and where were you I was sitting in the green room mm. at talk and you went <gasps> I did yeah really I did um, I don't know where you're leading with this no I'm just I'm interested alright so Council councils are being told that they should sell off their assets to um, nice to pay for um, yeah. yeah capital capital assets and I, I think that, that that actually made me gasp because the, the the problem that you've got in local councils at the moment is that they they can't fund themselves right and so it, and silly things that we used to have like I don't know school playgrounds that mm. were shared around or, you know, bin collection, not fortnightly. It was weekly. A lot of people are getting it fortnightly now. We had all of those things because there were assets and there were things that, you know, the council could use. To, to sell all of that off, that means when the, the Labour government come in, that means councils are completely bankrupt. Mm. They've got nothing to rely on. And all of that money will now have to come from central government. And that's shocking. I mean, the, yeah. There's a lot going on there with those local authority budgets. There's ginormous real terms cuts. A lot of the councils themselves have just done like objectively mental things. Yeah. Um, Nottingham Council tried to start their own energy company, Robin Hood Energy. Oh, that didn't work. Um, Birmingham spent like four times as much on an IT package. They've got like three quarters of a billion pounds in like an equal pay claim settlement they've got to pay out. There's all sorts. Fucking Woking built like built a hotel for the Hilton Group. That was mental. Yeah, That's built, totally <laughs> mental. Built, like, oh, who's paying? Who's paying for the construction of the new Hilton Hotel? Not them. No, <laughs> not the Hilton Group. It's Woking no. Council. I think it's been like a billion quid on it or something like that. That's but insane. one thing I would say, like, don't, do not get me wrong. I, I really think that there are some mental funding choices done by local councils. But it doesn't excuse the fact that the burden that is placed on councils now is extraordinary. When you think yes. about how much money is going is being spent on housing people and also, um, what, is that wrong? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> There's, we are working on a piece about temporary accommodation. Ah. And the cost that it's imposing on councils and possibly a factor, in fact, no, certainly is a factor in a lot of them planning to announce, um, to give Section 114 notices, which is the effective... Declaration of bankruptcy if you're a council. Mm. Hastings being one in particular. Um, but it's a huge proportion of their budget is going on to yeah. housing. Right. Any more for any more? Nope. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the Politics Joe podcast. We will see you on the next one. See you in the subreddit before then. Goodbye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.